For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance and Metal Injection. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 264 of MSR Cast, your heavy metal podcast. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with... Sean the Metal Pigeon. What's up, man? How are you? I'm okay. It's been a little bit again. Yes. Our our New Year's resolution has already fallen to the wayside, just like yeah. all my other ones. Yeah, I know. It's just... It's, um, it's always a hard thing to get right, especially at the beginning of the year. Yep. But we still have, what, 10 months to get it right? Yep. Nine, nine no, nine months. Nine months now. <laughs> We'll do it in nine months. Yeah, we could do that. We'll have a, we'll we'll burst a beautiful podcast in nine months. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're, we we uh, we've uh, been busy. We've uh, been listening to a lot of music. We've seen some concerts. We're seeing people talk. We'll get into all that. But uh, is there anything that's come out? I know we're going to talk about it, not a lot of new releases, but uh, is there anything that's really been tickling your your metal fancy recently? Um, we're going to point I mean, one, the album I've been listening to the most has been just kind of this unexpected, um, the Donna Solace album that came yeah. out. We're going to play them later. We are. Um, that I've been listening to more than anything else. It's, uh, Tomas from Wolfheart. Yes. This is, uh, he had a, uh, album out many, many years ago and then another one in 2019 or 2020. 2020. It was right before the pandemic. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was like, yeah. Um, and it's just, I you know, I guess it's his Queen vocal project or whatever. He's not singing on it. Um, I think he does some growling and stuff. Yeah, it's, but it's a little bit more low key than yeah. previous. I mean, which is from his other works for sure. But it's a little bit. Uh, uh, I don't want to say low, low key is a weird word, but more toned down. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and for whatever reason, that album just clicked with me. So that's what I've been really listening to a lot. Um, but obviously, I've been making room for the new, the the big stuff: uh, new Amorphous, new Hammerfall, new Sabaton. New this Scorpion. is what the this is what the people want. Let's just give it yeah. to them right now. Yeah. Let's talk about these new releases. Okay. Yeah. Right off the bat. Right off the bat, Sabaton. Um, it's a good continuation of the Great War. It's not, you know, I I I think it might. I kind of enjoy it just a little shade less than the Great War, which I really did love as an album. Um, I think Christmas Truce is maybe one of the best songs they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Possibly one of the best metal music videos in the past 10 years. Yeah, it's a cool video for sure. Really cool video. Um, a good example of a band who realized a concept in, in like a fairly high budget for a metal band video. And um, I kind of handed it to them. They hit a home run on that one. Um, yeah, I mean... What can you say? It's Sabaton. It sounds like Sabaton. You know, it sounds like you want it to sound. If, if you hate Sabaton, that's probably not what you want. But why are you listening to Sabaton if you hate them anyway? Because everybody um, else is. Yeah, because they're everyone, all at the show. Yeah, because everyone wants to hate Sabaton or whatever. So, <laughs> uh, I I do like the band quite a bit. This, for some reason, on this album, I w- w- maybe with the production, the drums sound was not great there was a lot of 
with a lot of disco sounding drum beats to me. Mm. Um, but it, it's Sabaton. Like, like program drums almost. I don't think it was pre-programmed. No. It's just some of the some of the techniques and some of the the beats. It just threw me off a little bit. Right. And once I I honed in on that, I'm like, oh, that's all I heard. That's all I hear now, and I can't, you know, but. Um, there's some the Lady of the Lake was a good song, was a good track. Yeah. Um, the Stormtroopers track is pretty cool. Yeah. There's some good stuff on there. It's just you know, uh, when is the Sabaton stick gonna wear off? Yeah, I mean, and it might have been a good idea to hold off on the release of the album. Just saying, time wise, War of All Wars, maybe not the best time right now. Oh well, yeah, and that, I know that's yeah. You can't. What can you do about you, that? What can you do? Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Which is weird because like Nintendo just announced today they had a uh, remember Advance Wars for like the the, the the Game Boy Advance. Right. They're remastering and putting it back out on the Switch. They just indefinitely delayed that game. Announced that today because wars. Right. What are they good for? Absolutely yeah. nothing. It's funny. I just heard Yoakum on the Metal Sucks podcast, and they d- interviewed him and. The first question was obviously like, "Hey, you know this Ukraine thing is crazy, right?" And and he his his uh, his answer was like, "Oh, you know, it's it's hard for me to comment on something when we don't know all the players and all the things that are going to happen." It's like, whoa, 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 they're not asking about this as a battle; they're asking about just the general situation. Yeah. And all you have to do is be like, "Oh, it kind of sucks," and or whatever. It's like, and this- <laughs> we're not going to get super political about it, um, but we are. I do have a segment later in the show. Of Ukrainian only bands, which I'm excited for. I listen to uh, a bunch of different Ukrainian metal playlists on Spotify, and there's some good stuff out there. I didn't uh, know they had the playlist. So. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, so Sabaton, it's Sabaton. It's Sabaton, yeah. It, you know, it's comfort food. You know what you're getting into. I mean, the answer to the question, you know, when will the shtick wear off? Is, uh, you know, has ACDC shtick ever wore off? Yes. Not, a, not, not according to the stadiums they're selling out. So well, I mean, me it's, for sure, it's it's just a it's just a thing of like my my ACDC stick wore off when I worked on the game. Yeah, I mean, I but you know, I, I I think expecting Sabaton to not sound like Sabaton or do something different is just kind of like pointless because mm-hmm. that's just what they are. And if, if they if they all of a sudden deviated and did something like you know I don't know like a like a fantasy themed album, everyone would just that would be a disaster for them. Oh, you mean like. Power Wolf. Right. Right. Just instead of writing about wars, you're writing about lycanthropy. Yeah. You, 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 you know, they made their lyrical bed. They have to stick with it. That's who they are now. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm not, and I'm not complaining about the lyrics or the, the content or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, uh, I've only listened to it a couple times. Um, it's just, it hasn't grabbed me the way previous Sabaton albums have. I mean, the the, one, the main criticism I have is you're doing a, the same theme two times in a row. You're kind of pushing your luck because the Great War was a really great album, I yeah. thought. And I just think you, sh- I think it's always good to shift to something else because this, what this feels like is it feels like the songs that didn't make the Great War, with the exception of the Christmas Truce, which I think is a spectacular song. But it just feels like like these are the other songs you guys had working at the same time, but you didn't have time to put them on the album. And it. It feels because they release songs here and there, and all those songs right. are on this album. So, like the Christmas Truth, and um, I can't think of the other ones now. I'd have to look it up. But 
they released these songs previously, not meaning it to be for an album for sure. Um, maybe. May- yeah, who knows? Who knows at this point? Right. It just feels like a collection of songs that they've yeah that left over. It, it sort of took all the punch out of it a little bit. All right. Hammerfall. I mean, Hammer same, of Dawn. Same thing. I, I I think it's a quality Hammerfall record. I honestly, there was nothing I really found that irritated me about it. It was like I was bobbing along to it. I, I like it maybe a smidge less than the last one. Kind of like Sabaton. Um, <laughs> there, the ballads are really good. Yeah, there's some really good lyrical stuff in there. I thought the song um, about like I'm too old to be young or whatever. That was a great too old to die young. Yeah, too old to yeah. die young. That was a cool lyrical song, um, which is rare for Hammerfall to have a cool lyrical song. <laughs> well, they um, well, don't worry. They have that song Brotherhood all about being in the metal, the, the yeah. Brotherhood of Metal. You know, of course, I would be disappointed if there wasn't something exactly. Like that there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It just it's, it wasn't earth shattering. It sounds great. It's it might be the it, it feels a little bit darker. Yeah. Not much, but oh, no, a little no, bit. I agree with that. It's definitely darker than the last album, yeah. And but it's still happy and and fun and cheesy. Yeah, it's everything you want a Hammerfall album. I just actually got the vinyl today. We discussed the the whole ordeal of pre ordering that. That was you know, it's crazy. But I finally got it in today. So um, that's definitely one of the bands that I really support. You know. Yeah. All right. So Hammerfall, uh, Hammerfall or Hammerfail. Hammerfall. All right. Let I'm going to save the best for last year. <laughs> Have you checked out the new Immolation album? Oh shit! No, I didn't. Oh, dude, it I is forgot about really that. good. Uh, yeah. If you were looking for just fucking balls to the wall, just fucking death metal, there is nobody greater than Immolation. There really, it's really they, not. They don't really disappoint. The album's called Acts of God. Yeah, it's a brand new album. You've got. And they're touring right now too, so fifteen tracks, you know. That, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, all right, check that out, and we'll get back to that. We'll probably wind up playing something in the next episode because I really want to dive into it more. Um, let's talk about the new Scorpions album. Yeah. Um, oh, you, you know this is about to go in different ways. I think. No, I th- I think what I thought when when they first released. Um, the first single and then they released the cover art i thought it would be more 70s oriented oh it looked um, very 70s yeah i thought it'd be like late 70s and it ended up being more like 1985 era which is cool i actually do enjoy the album it just kind of threw me and then i realized like maybe that was my own fault because i thought that i thought one thing or the other but if they were going to do a 70s album they got to have yuli back i i, I just kind of realized that i was like oh right yeah that's it's not fair to put that on on you know uh, Matthias or Rudolph. So yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, I think it's a I think it's a sp- pretty strong record. It's not a great record, um, but Rock Believer is a fantastic song. Mm-hmm. Really cool video. I don't know if you saw the music yeah. video for that, but all the old footage, you know, uh, from the classic era. Actually, I haven't seen the music video merged for that. into like they're playing in this rehearsal space and it's intercut with that footage. It's very nostalgic and it made me very like. Ah, it kind of got me in the feels a little bit. Nice. Yeah, it was it was cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I heard a couple of the tracks like Rock Believer and uh, The Shining of Your Soul that has like that, that reggae breakdown stuff in it. <laughs> right, yeah. The Scorpion is doing reggae. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I really like this album. I really like strong rock albums like this yeah. that are catchy as hell, 
great musicianship. Um, I mean, there's no better, nobody better than Klaus Mine. His vocals are amazing, and he's so old. Seventy three. It's amazing. Um, I'm not calling. I'm, I'm. He's not that old, but right. I mean, come on. He sounds this good in his seventies. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I mean, Peacemaker is a great song too. You know, and the ballad's really good on the album. Yep. Yep. It was hard to find like a weak spot on it, but. It it didn't have any like major home runs the way Sting in the Tail did. That being said, it was way better than uh, Return to Forever, the 2015 mm-hmm. album that I kind of just forgot. I forgot all about, about that too. Mickey D is great on this. He's yeah. in the band no, now. Yeah, yeah. Motorhead, if you don't know. Uh, yeah, so great album. Yeah, I I really like the song Knock Him Dead. I was debating whether to play that on this episode, but we right. all. We already have a song that's another band that's sort of in the same genre. Right. Uh, so, and there's other stuff we wanted to get into, but yeah, if you like, if you like the Scorps, fucking get this you album. You should be checking out this album. I've, I've actually, uh, apparently Target has a limited version that comes with like a slip mat and stuff. I want to get that. There's the vinyl of it. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to a big box store to buy vinyl, but right. our old co-host Cryptos actually bought it there. Yeah, that's right. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll support the Scorps. I mean, they're not, they need all the help they can get, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure the album's doing well overseas. You know, I don't know what the charting is over here, but. Yeah. I'm sure in, in, in Germany is doing really well. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's get into another one. Uh, Star One. This... Yeah. I actually did listen to this. Oh, great. Revel in time. A bit. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, I want to get your opinion first. Um, I I actually enjoyed most of it. I mean, there was a couple. There were a couple songs where I would turn and go, hey, I really like this. Like, and uh, I think might have been the title track of the album. If there is a title track, yeah, Rebel in Time. Fav- yeah, Rebel in Time, probably my favorite song. That song's about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, really? Have you s- seen the video? No. All right, we're taking a break <laughs> after this segment. You got to watch the video um, because that's the singer from uh, Crobot. The band, okay. the band yeah. touring with uh, Danzig and Cradle of Fills, right. and now Necrofire's on that fucking tour. Yeah. Not just a Houston date, the entire tour. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats to Necrofire and Dauber and everybody. It's great. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it was cool. It was a cool record. There's, you know, there's parts of it where I'm, like, isn't um, one of the vocalists, was Roy Kahn on the album? Yes, Roy Kahn is on the album. Okay. He's on... The last track, right? Yes. Uh, Lost Children of the yeah, Universe. That was a cool song. Of course he's like that um, song. There were some other songs where I didn't recognize the vocalist, and I wasn't like looking at any info or whatever. I was just letting it play. I'll have to... I have the, the vinyl here. Yeah. Uh, and the the special edition uh, of the CD, the, the Blu-ray and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'll show it to you, and you can take a look at some of the artwork and stuff, but... Yeah, it was it was it was a cool. I was I didn't know what to expect, and I was like kind of you know pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So uh, I was going to play a song on here, but I'm actually working with David uh, from that metal podcast to work on a specialty episode all about Aryan uh, and all of his career and stuff. Like we I was on his show not too long ago. We talked about the 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 career of sentenced. So we're going to do it in that in that form. Which I want to start doing more stuff like that, which I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, just picking a band, or we've talked about picking a record label, and just go, you know, in depth about it. But uh, I was gonna play "Today Is Yesterday," which, if, if you don't know what that song's about, that's about Groundhog's Day, 
the movie with Bill Murray. Wait. <laughs> so, you know, with Star One, every song on the, because this is the third album. I think you told me this, that every song would be based on a Every song movie. is based on a film or TV, science fiction. This album, Revel in Time, it's all based on time travel song or movies and, and TV shows. So, Fate of Man, the first song with uh, Britney Slays, yeah. is about the Terminator. Huh. Um, uh, Back from the Past is about Back to the Future. Uh, Today is Yesterday, Groundhog's Day. Um, Revel in Time is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's going to make sense watch, when you watch the video, be like, okay, I got it. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, I really, really like this album. My biggest not a complaint, but my biggest thing about it is I really love the first two Star One albums, which had four vocalists, right? It had Russell Allen. It had Dan Swano, who's, of course, they brought him back for this album. Uh, Damian Wilson and then Flora Johnson, right? They have those guys on here, but the first two albums was just those four vocalists going back and forth. The songs felt a little bit different. This album at point definitely feels like an Arion album. Hmm. Um, there's elements where he's pulling directly from, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Right. He's a genius. Uh, but that's my only, not concern, but my only, like it feels criti- it little feel criticism. as cohesive as the other two. It doesn't feel quite as heavy in part. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, uh, I know you have, you don't know a lot about star one. So right. I would recommend going back and listen to the first two albums too. And then like the live album and stuff like that. It's really cool. And if you get the deluxe version, um, he included all the guide vocal tracks. So, uh, like Joe, I think Joe Lynn Turner is on some of them. Um, that, am I right? Yeah. Joe Lynn Turner. He's on, uh, one of the, 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 the first one, but he also is on the second one. There's a guide vocal track with Aryan and he's always like, Oh, I'm a horrible vocalist. I like his vocals. They're yeah. cool. Um, so Yeah. Check it out. I think you'd really, really, really like it. If you like any of his music. All right. Let's get into the um, the <laughs> the the 10 foot, uh, 10 ton elephant in the room that's uh, destroying all the other albums. That's Amorphous. Oh, okay. I didn't know where you were going. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, okay. So this is the third part of a trilogy. That started with um, uh, Under the Red Cloud, and then Queen of Time, and then now this movie, or movie, this album, Halo. My favorite of the three is Queen of Time. That's one of my top three amorphous albums of all time. I really fucking love that album. There's elements of that album on here, but there's fucking elements of like 90s like posse amorphous on this album. That it. it yeah, I could see that. There's a lot. If you listen to it closely, you, it sounds a lot like um, how was the, the one album I'm really trying to think of, uh, like Tuanella and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Am Universum. Those that era right there, the that mid uh, late '90s because Tuanella was '99. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the first. That's the first album I ever heard uh, l- with my wife when we first started dating. It was her first foray into Amorphous was that album. So she was a, a posse head for a long time. Right, yeah. And the, and then when Tommy came around, I'm like, no, you're wrong now. I mean, he's and he's definitely cemented himself as their best vocalist of all time. 
my opinion, and this time my opinion's right. Do you agree? <laughs> well, no. So, so the album you you like the album, the new album? Yeah, I do like the new album. Um, but it's not my favorite. Right. There's really good tracks on it. Um, the title track Halo was really good. I like Norse Words a lot. Uh, the Moon. Um, I'm trying. I'm, I'm the Moon was good. Yes. On Dark Waters, on the Dark Waters. There's yeah. good tracks on it, but it's it, it doesn't beat out Queen of Time for me, and I was hoping that it would. You know, you know what I mean? I think it, well, for me, it, it, it does beat out Queen of Time just by a hair, mm. um, which is, you know, I, again, I, I was very critical of Queen of Time. So I don't know what it is. And, and, and the thing is, I, I didn't, I, I kind of walked into this album not really knowing what to expect. And I was, and I, there's some stuff I really enjoy. And then there's a lot of stuff where I'm just kind of like, all right, I didn't really remember what that song sounded like. Let me go back and listen to it. Mm. And there was a lot of that. And then I, I, just, I just kind of. There's a lot of heavy synths on this album, which yeah. I love. There's a lot of like Hammond organ stuff that is like, like, where it's parts, of, I can't, it might even be the moon. I can't remember exactly now, but like the guitars are, are gone. And then like you're just like there's this like heavy like Hammond organ solo shit going on. I'm like, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I actually thought some of that like the Hammond stuff was integrated really well in the yeah, show. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. But there's just some times when I think like I when he's delivering a chorus and I just kind of listen to that melody and I go, it. I don't think that's it's either underdeveloped or it's just not really well written. And so I. I'm I'm a little concerned about the the fact that there's two amorphous albums in a row where I'm kind of like, eh. and we've had this argument. Or I'm not gonna say argument, disagreement, right? About uh, Queen of Time. Yeah, yeah, and I just kind of feel like I don't know, I don't know what happened. I mean, Under the Red Cloud, I fuck, I love that album. It's a good album. And I just and I listen to these past two, and I'm just kind of like, all right, well, we'll just wait for the next one because that's all, right. all I can do, you know. So we've been talking for a while. Let's get into our first uh, band. That's what we're actually here to do is play music, too. Uh, this was a band that was, I believe, brought to my attention by Christian Renner, of course, as most shit is now. Thank you, Christian. Uh, he's He knows my style. He knew I was going to dig this. This is um, a band called Hollow Decay. They're from Australia. It's a progressive melodic death metal. So, uh, but there's a lot of really interesting things that this band does, and I, I really fucking love them. Um, it's it's been on my my playlist like over and over. It's really heavy on my rotation right now. So, let's get into it. This is the track from the album called The Frozen Trail. It's called Gently Sway, and this is the band Hollow Decay. Check it out. Stay 
from the road to hell. Scream for me, Stafford. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get a scream for me, Stafford, actually. No, I was waiting for it, man. So, yeah, we uh, we both went to the uh, Bruce Dickinson Spoken Word Tour here in the Houston area, which is in a, a place called the Stafford Civic Center, which is literally walking distance from my house. Same, yeah. same city I live in. I used to work in that. Well, I've done events in that building when I was in a previous job. So it was weird to go in there and like see Bruce in there. Um, what did you think of that that the spoken word performance? Um, it it was it was like it was like th- you know like three hours minus a twenty minute intermission yep. of just Bruce telling stories, and he was genuinely funny on stage. He was like improving and yeah, you know, I was like genuinely laughing and stuff. And I so- was so close to him. It was like we were like yeah, on the, like. Maybe the eighth, seventh, or eighth row back. You guys were way down there, way way up front. Yeah, I mean the the from the view from the balcony was fine or whatever. I, you and know. It's not a huge uh, venue, so no, it's com- comparatively tiny. Um, it was cool. It was just it to me the entire time I was just thinking like I'm in a. What, you ever have those things where you're like watching the Maiden video or you're watching the Maiden? You kind of yeah. think like I wonder what Bruce Dickinson's doing right now, and I would just I would no, just really. I would look at him on stage and I'd be like. I wonder what Bruce Dickinson's doing right now. Oh, he's talking to me here in <laughs> Stafford, in Stafford, Texas, of all places. Right, Stafford, Texas. It was so weird, also, to just be at a gig, quote unquote, a gig, mm-hmm. and be like, you know, like, what, ten minutes, fifteen minutes away from home. That was weird too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. He's a he's a great storyteller. Um, I I never completed his book. So I, I did, yeah. Did you? Yeah. I went. I'm listening to it currently through uh, my library, the audiobook version. Yeah. So it's if you've read the book, go back and listen to the audiobook version. I need to, yeah. Because the performance that he does on that was just like seeing him live. Um, it, it's fun. Uh, I'm halfway through the audiobook now. They just started getting into somewhere in time touring and stuff like that. Yeah. Talking about fencing a lot, but. Yeah, there was a lot of fun stuff. It, it, his his uh, impersonation of, of Nick Nico. Yeah, that was great. So spot on. So amazing. Um, and the reason why we chose Road to Hell from Accident of Birth is he sang the chorus at the very end of the show, right before he walked off stage. The Road to Hell off the stage, it was paged with good intentions. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. The, you know, the thing that surprised, well, I guess, okay, so I was, I thought that they were going to have like an audience Q&A thing where you have mics and everything. I think what happened was they ended up just taking questions ahead of time. What they did, so if you walked in there, there was a table. Oh, okay. um, And there, and there, I took their postcards basically and you go right on the back and it had the the tour information on it, like the, the, the graphic, the logo, whatever. And then you could write on the back and then you put them in his box and they would sort through the ones. And they would pick out their favorites, and he would answer those at the end of the Q and A after the intermission. So I I liked that better because I get it's very cringeworthy when you see they have a mic. It happens at comic book conventions, all right. kinds of Q and As. They have a mic, and somebody just comes up there and and they ask awkward questions. They're so starstruck, and it's just. It's very cringy to me. I just I don't like watching that. It's Interrupts like, the flow of the show. It too. does. It, it definitely does. So, um, 
I, I liked the way they did that. That was very interesting how they were able to. Damn, I didn't see pick. that table. Shit. Yeah. I would have wanted to write a question down. I, I wrote think, a question. I asked. I, what'd you I write? Think, uh, why, are, why are you such a badass? Didn't get chosen. I, you know, I would have asked him about Tribe of Gypsies. I would have asked him, like, what, what was it like? Do you, what, what are your memories about, you know, when you first saw Tribe of Gypsies you know what, and I got to know Roy, Con, uh, Roy Z? Yeah. Roy That's a great, great question. I would have probably wanted to hear, hear him talk more about his time in Sarajevo. Okay, yeah, two things. I was really surprised he didn't go into detail on that, but yeah. I, I guess he did have a freaking documentary. And if you yep. really want to know more about, I think Scream, that's I think that's Scream why for he, me Brazil or, or um, Scream for me Sarajevo. Sarajevo yeah. yeah, so I, I guess why I said Brazil. In fairness to him, like I'm, I think that's what his reasoning was why he didn't tell the story because he figured everyone there probably saw it. The second thing was he didn't talk about why he. Well, pissed. he did. Well, he might have mentioned the. He, he talked about it a little bit. He talked about being in front of the tank and taking a selfie. Yeah, but he didn't talk about like the whole adventure of no. being there. But the documentary does a better job. Of it that. does. Um, and he didn't also talk about the reason why he pissed in the headmaster's dinner, which no. I believe he does in the book. He, he goes does in into that. Yeah, which is a funny story. He met, which is weird because like hearing him tell some of the stories in the book, I'm like, oh, he talked about that at the show. So it's like yeah. a reverse thing for me compared yeah. to people that have read the book already. You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> My wife at one point where. Um, uh, some well, he was talking about Nico flying, right? And some dude sitting in like a couple rows around us, he's like, Nico can fly. And her response was like, Right, like now, like just like that. She's like, Read the book. I was like, Damn, yeah. yeah I mean, it was a tour ostensibly for, for the Bruce book. To go, yeah, that's right, read my book. <laughs> it, it was a tour supporting the book in a way, it, it, it because sort of it was, was COVID yeah. delayed, but the biography came out before, relatively before yep. COVID. Um, you still have a copy of it? You have my copy, right? I thought I gave it back to you. I should have. Did you? Well, if yeah, you know, um, if you if you want it, it's yours, dude. Because I have two copies of it apparently. I have to go and check. I think I might have it already. We'll figure it out. Um, the uh, that's a little behind the <laughs> the other thing that bothered me. Someone wrote on the question, or someone submitted a question. Hey, can you talk more about the song Dracula, the first song you ever recorded? Oh, yeah, right. Okay, if you're a diehard Bruce fan, you already have the double disc best of that came out in 2001, yeah. where he has a special track at the at the yeah. end of that where he explains the reasoning behind every or the, the story the backstory behind every one of the b-sides he has on that second disc and he talks about it on the in the book too in, including dracula and he talks about it in the book so come on with that fucking question like you're wasting it you're, you're just like taking up a question spot and i was kind of bummed i guess now that i'm now that you're telling me that they they had these questions they picked I'm he was bummed. trying to he was like i guess whoever wrote the question down i'm gonna show off that i know he did this song yeah and it's just like i'm i guess i'm bummed that he got to that they wasted a spot on that question they could have had another question so because I was like, oh, come on. You're, we Everyone knows about this. Like, he talked about it before. Come on. So if you have a chance to go see Paul Dickinson, I mean, Bruce, live. Is the tour over or is it? I don't know. It might be some more dates. I'm not sure. You should have gone. You should have gone. You should have gone. You're, you're, what the fuck was wrong with you? I mean, I mean, I, you know, down below, it was pretty packed up. But in the balcony, there was still room in the Houston yeah. in the, for the Stafford show. So it's like, and I get it. It's a weekday and it's like people are so iffy about coming out and all that kind of stuff. But... I wore a mask, so I did, you know, it's yeah. not wearing a mask the whole time, but I did what I did. Yeah, some people were in masks, you know, some people weren't and stuff, and yeah. I wasn't, but um, but it's it, I felt okay because it was freaking no one around me. Like, they, the row I was sitting in, there was like maybe like 
two other people in that row. Yeah. So I was like, all right, and this is, there's no one up here. So you were with uh, our your your buddy Sean, uh, John. Right? John, yeah, yeah. Uh, artist extraordinary. Yeah. John, uh, he did. Uh, what band did he did some work for recently? Uh, oh, John Self. Geez, he um, he's done stuff for um, oh, a couple, well, a couple of bands. Or Brimwolf, right? Was one of them. Well, that was that was the, the band he was. In. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, it'll come back to me later. Yeah. Uh, no big deal. Uh, well, I went to another concert this past weekend. Um, I got on the guest list. Uh, I really wanted to see one of the bands live. Um, since we had them on the show last year, we sort of, you know, I I don't say friends or buddy buddy, but you know, acquaintances. You know, um, a legion played. They were one of the bands on this tour. It was Black Crown Initiate, uh, Elysian, and then Omni and Gatherum. Um, I've seen Black Crown Initiate before when they toured with Exhumed and Voivod and Napalm Death, which I'm surprised I remember that tour. Um, but that was a, I, I like, first of all, I've never been to this club before. It's called Satellite Bar. Uh, when we got there, right, um, I know there was two opening bands. We got there. There was this band playing. I didn't know who the fuck they were, but what they had done is you've ever been to that club? No. Real small. Um they the band, the opening band was on the floor of the show. Not on the stage, but on the floor. So it looked like it was very crowded. You couldn't even get in there. Um and these guys fucking blew me away. Hmm. They were so tight, so uh powerful and talented local band local band they're called the Xebelian triangle x-e-b-e-l-l-i-a-n triangle uh they're fucking phenomenal dude uh we're gonna play a track uh here in a few minutes uh i was i hung out with them for a little bit talked to the guy the drummer uh real smart guy uh female vocal uh female fronted band she fucking has some brutal brutal vocals it, they're, they're really good. I was so impressed. Um, talking to him at the end, he gave me an MP3 to play. So I definitely want to want you guys to hear this band. Uh, they're on Spotify. Um, they're working on a full length album. They just put out a couple tracks, but it sounds really, really good. Uh, I, I can't recommend them enough. And then Black Crown Initiate came out. I, I will say this place didn't have the best sound, hmm. but you could tell they were they were so. The, there's a the, one of the guitar players is such a such a character, right? Always cutting up and and, and telling jokes and stuff. But they're really good live. I really enjoy that band a lot. And then a Legion finally came out and just fucking blew everybody away. They were so fucking good, no matter how crappy the sound was. Right. You could still hear how talented those guys really are. Their new album, it's so it's, good. It's the pinnacle of their career right now. So it's freaking so good. good, man. Um, so good as as the song from <laughs> Neil Diamond is. Uh, it's so good. Is that how you pronounce the band name too? Elysian. Yeah. Okay, so it's not Elysian. No, it's Elysian. Okay, just want to get it right. Because um, I saw some people on Twitter like going like, you know, you guys should learn how to pronounce the band's name right. Like not towards us, but like just towards like Twitter in general. Like yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and I was like thinking to myself, well, like, they say Allegiant on stage, so I'm going to go with what the the band. Okay, says. if they say Allegiant, I'm saying Allegiant too. Um, but yeah, even though phonetically it doesn't make one of sense. I know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, and then Omnium Gatherum came out. Um, and I gotta say, 
the audio was horrible for them. And yeah, I like Omni and Gatherum, and we're not debating on the merits of the last album, which I know some of my co-hosts and some show my other show are not a fan of. I sort of dig it. It's a different style for them, but I dig it. They are not a great live band. You know, it's it's funny because I've seen them at Scout Bar and they were pretty damn good yeah. a couple of times. But then I there was a, the last time I saw them, I was a little less impressed. And the thing is, if they get a bad mix, yes, the keyboard gets mush yeah. turned to mush. The mix was horrible. They sounded bad. You yeah. could tell uh, the vocalist was was less than uh, pleased. Well, he was uh, not frustrated, but he was trying to get through. Yeah, probably he. They probably had shitty sound. And, yeah, but they have. Uh, you know they have a good fan base. I was there to support them. Their tour merch person, her, um, I don't remember her name. No, Aaron. She was so cool. She was so nice. And you don't get that very often. Tour tour merch, tour people or merch people are sort of yeah bitchy most of the time. Yeah, just from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, they I it was it was a great show. Um, man, so when I got there, uh, like we couldn't get through to the back. I'm like, where's fucking Elysian's like merch booth? I'm like, it has to be in this back. There's a huge back patio, like huge, with a big stage back there. They could have done it live or done it outside. But so when I finally got out there, I finally, right when you get outside, uh, that's where Legion was. And Riley was there. And today, he was weird as we are talking about this, was like one year ago, he was on the show right. on Metal Geeks. But um, I went up to him and was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm carrying. It was like instant, like, oh, hey. Like, he knew who the fuck I was, which is super cool. Uh, he's like, dude, I saw your name on the guest list and I was hoping you'd really show up. So we talked for a little bit. Um, uh, I wound up buying the, the new, uh, the new vinyl from them. They all signed it. Uh, fucking phenomenal. I was there to, you know, I was there to support the bands too, because yeah. I'm struggling right now. We bought a couple shirts from Omnium. They had like a, a 2020 tour, tour shirt that I never got to use for like a tour discount, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it had the, the burning cold cover on it, which I like that cover a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good show. I mean, audio could have been better. Um, I ran into some people that I know ran into, uh, the old, some of the old people from motions of slumber, uh, like Sean and oh, Keegan. Cool. Uh, they have a new band that's out there. I can't think of the name right now. Uh, yeah. I totally forgot it. I'm sorry, guys. But they're working on stuff, and when they're ready, they're going to come on the show. We're going to talk to them. Because Sean adamantly remembers the very first podcast or major interview they ever did was with me. Yeah. And then, which is weird, because like a couple days ago on my memories, that popped up. Oh, no, that night. He came back up to me. He's like, dude, check it out. My memories. It was like a picture of all of us, like their very first interview. Oh, nice. wow. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, good show overall. I mean, um, I, I'm really impressed by this opening band, so I want you guys to hear this. Now that you know that it's a local band, you might listen to it a little bit indifferent, because I didn't tell you who they were. Right, no, no. Uh, I didn't give you any kind of context or anything. So, check out the band called The Exibillion Triangle. This is a song called Spawn of Ongoliant. I'm glad they made their... Uh, Title's really easy to pronounce. That's a um, Spawn of Ungoliant, um, Shewab reference, Tolkien, uh, Silmarillion reference. It's oh. awesome. No, no, you're, you're going to love these dudes then. That's cool. All right. Check it out. We'll be back. 
And we're back to the show. Uh, that was uh, Beast and Worms from the new album, Damn Num. That's how good the album is. They <laughs> Damn Num. Damn Num in the title, uh, Allegion. I really looking like that track. Wiley, uh, he's done clean vocals before, like some of the Rush covers and stuff like that. Yeah. This is really the first time he's ever really mixed it into what they're doing in a band. In the yeah. band. That's phenomenal. I re- when uh, when I was talking to I was talking to the bass player and guitar player. I I, I'm sorry I don't know their names, but when, I, when they were signing my shit, I told them that I I fucking really love the album. Uh, it's it's the progression of this album is, and they were super super ha- excited and happy to talk about it. You know what I mean? They're like this has been their they've been working on this for a while, and this is like finally they're finally able to get it out there. You know, and and tour on it and promote it, and they're so happy just to be there. And just talk about it. It's, I, I'm excited. I think this is going to take them to newer levels. You know what I mean? No, I, I definitely think so because I mean, and also the thing with like the Queen vocals is the way they integrated it. Yeah, it's just part of the fabric of these songs, mm-hmm. and it's it never it never feels contrived. And that was the thing that really impressed me the most. Sure. Um, was that what's this? What's the name of the the song that starts with the C on the album? I don't know if you have the track listing pulled up, but it's um. That is maybe my favorite song on the record, um, but yeah, it's just it's just the way that this it starts with the sea. I think so. Called home. Yes. Okay. Great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, best yeah. song on the record, I in my opinion, and it and it the yeah, I just I love it when a band can write music and they understand that like you can put Queen vocals anywhere if you want to use them. You don't have to save them for a chorus which to me is just kind of, it's becoming hacky. It's becoming just expected and use them as like, like almost like mood shifts instead of just like a, like a, like a hook, you know, like forget about hooks. Just like, you're not that kind of band. Just, you know, do something more interesting. And they are doing something more interesting. One of the best albums of the year so far. I agree. Really just slapped me in the face with how good it was. And I, and I haven't been able to stop listening to it. It's It's really, really really good. Uh, and before Allegion was the Zebillion Triangle. Um, this is from their bio. Uh, our current sound can be, be can be put bluntly as the Black Dahlia Murder meets Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, they, that's their words. Um, so you know, definitely symphonic death metal band mel- melding many influences of like technical and mellow death and full orchestra and electronic arrangement, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I can see these guys going somewhere. Really? Um, you know what the band name means? If you know the song, what was the band name mean? That I don't know. Oh, we might have to get him on the show and find out. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys are out there in the band listening, hit us up. Cause we want to interview you guys. You guys are great. All right. So, on those words, uh, let's get into our next track, actually. Um, we talked about, we, we alluded to it earlier, uh, the new Donna Solace album. Uh, why, why, don't you, why don't you tell me, what, why did you pick this song in particular? Um, great groove on this song. Uh, was one of the most compelling songs in the album. But honestly, the entire album, start to finish, is just really compelling. And it's... It's just, I don't even know, I can't even just really describe why I love this album so much. There's a feeling to the album. There's a feeling to the album that is hard to, to pinpoint, but it's really compelling. And, um, 
you know, I I think I think he's just a great songwriter. And in this, you know, the the funny thing is like the vocalist that he works with on this album, I can't remember his name right now. Miko. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was on the Black Sun Aeon albums a long time ago. I love that fucking Black Sun Aeon yeah. album. The 2011 one, I believe he was on. Um, and he was he delivered vocals on some really awesome songs in that record. So it's great to hear him back like you know in a project that i'm aware of because i think he only really does stuff in finland otherwise yeah, yeah pretty much so um i'm a big fan of him as a vocalist he really reminds me of the old singer from the man eating tree a little bit mm-hmm. a little less nasally than him um yeah it, i don't know it, this is a real mood album i wouldn't say it's doomy it's got a it's got a propulsive it has, groove to it it does have doom elements doom definitely elements, yeah but it's like i said before it's um I don't want to say toned down, but it's more like 80s, like sort of like, uh, like, you know, synth pop um, influences. I can feel that, that the element, the the feelings there. It's yeah. like, you know, like Sister the Mercy and right. that type of stuff, which is sort of what, if you haven't heard the new Ocean of the Slumber song, it's going for that same element. Yeah. And if you haven't heard a band... Uh, we actually we were gonna play it on this episode. Um, uh, the band's called Hangman's Chair. If you like what this album is and then like the new Ocean song, check out Hangman Hangman's Chair. Hmm. It's right around that same that same element right there. I think you would dig it. The the you know the way he uses heaviness in this band compared mm-hmm. to Wolfheart, where Wolfheart's just like throwing it in your face, and this one it's almost like it's it's really restrained. Yeah. And there's this tension building. Then he lets it rip but it's never like that full punch it's just kind of like anguish anguished like unleashing of of you know like heaviness and it's so good yeah so good yeah that's gonna be our title of the episode so metal so good or something (laughs) um let's get it let's get into it then yes go ahead and let's introduce it uh okay so dawn of solace uh erase from uh, flames of perdition
I feel like I should be like a rock DJ coming back from this one. Yeah. Do it. Do your do your best rock <laughs> DJ voice. Hey, you listen to one of the two point five. This is Wigwam. Never say die. That's pretty good. Yeah, Caller I number mean, three. I mean, it, they the, the name you know the name could present some problems for American audiences, but uh, well, yeah, especially with cancel culture right now. Yeah, yeah, someone will find that offensive. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, it's, but, a, it's a fucking teepee. Oh, is it? I just thought it was some nonsense. No, uh, a wigwam, wigwam. Uh, no, I'll be canceled <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> It's a hut of the American Indian of the Great Lakes region and eastward, having typically an arched framework of poles overlaid with bark, mats, or hides. I'm. I learned something, and I'm also very uh, surprised that they haven't been uh, questioned about that name. <laughs> so, if you don't know who this band is, it's a band, like we just said, they're called Wigwam, Wigwam, whatever. Uh, I, I've heard of these guys before. They're, um, a Finnish progressive rock AOR style band. They're on frontiers, I think on the last album. Um, but they have a song that I think is propelling them (laughs) into superstardom right now. Wigwam is, uh, they're actually, uh, a Norwegian band, Norwegian glam metal band, uh, formed in 2001, and if you haven't heard of the name before recently, that's okay, neither had I. Uh, one of their songs got chosen to be the main title song from the HBO Max Peacemaker show, which we watched the, the intro earlier. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The song, uh, Do You Want to Taste It? It's so fucking good. Um, they also had another song in the show called In My Dream that's really good, too. Um, they're a very, very cool rock band. Um, if you haven't watched Peacemaker, I encourage you guys to do it. It's a really good show, really funny. Uh, and what uh, um, what they did for, uh, uh, for, like, 70s obscure, like, rock music... Uh, glam rock music for, from the seventies. That's uh, James Gunn has done that for obscure eighties hair metal bands. There's some obscure shit I've never even heard of. Um, one of the coolest things was they played Faster Pussycat in the show, right? And uh, John Cena was wearing a Faster Pussycat shirt, but they didn't just play like a little part of the song. It they worked out plot lines storylines so the whole song played it was like the entire it was like playing during these like major plot points and stuff like wow they didn't just play like part of it they played like the whole thing i was like that's pretty cool that's cool yeah uh but yeah uh check out that that's a little side note well you can hear more about that on the metal geeks podcast but uh that's what introduced me to wigwam um and they're they're just fun you know, glam rock metal, you know? Uh, but the last, the song that we're going to play tonight, uh, it's from the last album that just came out a couple years ago. Uh, never say die is the, uh, 2021. This, uh, this album is a little bit more darker. I feel. Um, and if you're a fan of Jorn Lande, 
you might know the guitar player in this band. That's right, yeah. Uh, Tron Holter. <clears throat> yeah. He was he did a project with uh with Yorn, uh the Dracula project that they did that, that yeah, swing of concept death. that concept album, which is fun if you never listen to it. Just don't watch the lyric video. No, don't, don't do, do that. that. Just listen to the album. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about this band? Um I like him. I mean I you know, I grew up listening to this kind of stuff. Yeah. So um and, and it's you know, I was telling you before we started recording, it's like I don't really I don't really find myself checking out rock that much these days, probably because I did listen to the hell out of it growing up. And now it's like, man, it's mostly metal. But this stuff, it it always feels like comforting to me and stuff. Yeah. And and, and it's kind of cool. There's a show that's using music like this because it's it's you kind of figure it's like, yes, yeah, 2022. It's high time. Like that stuff gets another look and yeah. gets reappraised and, and you know, people who grew up as fans of that music are now in positions where they're directors or yeah, whatever. And they're exactly. writers. James and, Gunn's definitely, yeah, that's cool. It's like, what I like about him, he says when he's writing stuff, he has the music first before he actually is writing. So he plans his, his scripts around musical cues and stuff like that in different bands. Yeah. That's, I, that's amazing. That's something I would love to do. That's something yeah. I would do. I mean, like, I, he's such a he's a, such an audiophile, which is great, and he's bringing recognition to some of these bands. Like this band, they got dropped by their agent like three times. They weren't really going anywhere. Uh, now they're going to be huge, I think. Yeah, they're going to be playing festivals and shit just because of the the one song, which a couple songs. Well, the main title track or from the from the TV show. It, it, everybody wants to, and if it was just a a normal intro. I don't think it would be it would be as done as well. But right. if you've seen the intro to Peacemaker, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's weird, it's wacky, but it's fun as hell, and it's a perfect song choice for what they did. Perfect. And like, apparently, the whole soundtrack is just loaded with stuff like this. Completely loaded. Yeah, completely. That's cool. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, 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 we're gonna get into our our next um, band. I don't really know much about this album coming out, but I know uh, who the artist is. Uh, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. Um, oh, the Yanni? Yeah. Is that how you say his name? Yanni, Yanni. Limatanen. Johnny? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, obviously, um, everyone should know him from Sonata Artica. Yep. But if you didn't also know, he's the current guitarist, one of the guitarists in um, Insomnium. And the other guitarist is in Omnium Gatherum as well. Yeah. And um, so, you know, Yanni um, has other projects. He has Kane's Offering with Timo Cotapelto. Great albums, if you um, haven't heard those. Fantastic melodic power metal. Um, he has uh, Dark Element with Annette Olzone, who have also made two really strong records. Um, this is his first a genuine solo album, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it's him, like, with a bunch of different guest vocalists. He's going to have Cotapelto on here. Uh, he'll have Bjorn, uh, Strid. Um, I mean, he doesn't have Bjorn on their album. That's true. Um, and uh, I think, and that's also going to be on this. I think that's all her name on there. Yeah. Uh, but the real headliner is this song we're going to play right now, which is the first single they just released the other day. And or- let, let me preface this to you guys. This is very important to the show here because Sean, the metal pigeon here, doesn't like singles. He doesn't yeah. like listening to singles before albums come out, any of that kind of shit. So this is a very rare moment for this to be happening. I you I couldn't ignore the fact that that Yanni was doing a uh, track with uh, Tony Kako. 
which is the first time they've been on record together since what 2000 when was that 2007 2008 i mean it's been forever and it's like it's almost like a reunion of classic era sonata because those two those two guys together were classic era sonata and this song rips it's, it's so good it sounds like classic sonata arctica with uh mellow dust yeah. chugging riffs and that's what makes it even better because it's like you can tell his the insomnium like it's kind of steeped into his playing yeah, style now for sure and it's like ooh, like insomnium style riffing with power like set to power metal is so fucking good and uh, yeah i'm just so i was so excited about this song and it's like you know the thing that irritates me is that the album doesn't come out until like it's months and months and months from now may 6th is, no, when the al- too is when the album comes. I mean, and it's just that, it, okay, if, and I, I, I'm not going to waste everyone's time on this on the show tonight talking about this, but if you want to read my thoughts on it, I wrote an article about this very topic on the Metal Pigeon. It's called yep. What Metal Can Learn From K-Pop, and it's about release windows and when you time your singles out to your album and how metal takes an obscenely long time. Case in point, one of the albums I'm really excited about coming out is um, Jorg Newhauser of Serenity no. has a project with um, Marco uh, from uh, Temperance. I saw the video. I haven't heard it yet. And it's called Fallen Sanctuary, named after one of the Serenity albums, the early ones. And the single sounds so good. And the single came out, what, the last week of February? And the album does not come out until late June. Jeez, For God's sakes. What, the, what am I supposed to... And, and, and the reason being is because they had to wait for the vinyl. That's yeah. when the vinyl goes and sell. And it, 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 it has started getting me irritated at just vinyl in general, how it's like delaying everything. It's delaying the Blind Guardian. It delays everything. It vinyl makes, is a, it's really hard for bands to make vinyls now. Yes. I mean, at minimum, it's my, it's, minimum six months a week time. It's yeah. my go-to choice for collecting now, but it's definitely more difficult Yeah, it, for it, bands it, to, it, even, to even. Way more. For for them to 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 for logistics to to figure out, okay, we got to get this on vinyl. What's the there's just such a delay on it right now. One of, one of the things, if you want to read it, you can read it. But one of the things I argue in the article is like, we're everything's being delayed because of vinyl. But what if these record labels just started to release stuff digitally and you know actually made an effort to make a better physical CD product? Some band. Uh, I will I will say the um, Black Therapy, a band that I really enjoyed a couple of years ago. I put a great album. Um, they're on Blackline Records, who I love Blackline Records. Shout out. Um, they just announced today the new album's coming out in a few months. Um, you can pre order it through their, the, the Blackline Bandcamp. A dig, there's a regular version of the CD coming out um, sooner, like the, the day of the digital release. But the vinyl and the digipack are way late, like three or four months down the road from that. Yeah, you know, and I think metal labels need to start doing better than just like digipacks and and digibooks and stuff like that's passe. It's like I like those. As, I like as, digibooks as a CD. Like as someone who would want to buy metal CDs, give me. I need a better package than like a CD shaped digipack, digibook or something. Like it's boring to me. Jewel cases are boring to me. I want to spend money on metal releases, but yeah, jewel cases. I hate jewel cases. Like I, I refuse to buy a, a CD if this is a regular fuck, jewel case. Like, jewel cases. Fuck jewel cases. I know like CD collectors are like no. Like, love jewel cases screw you guys too because like it's about like me as like a fan wanting to be enthusiastic about buying something i think that's why vinyl has made such a comeback it, because it has. people 
people are, they want to collect something. They want the artwork. They want all that kind of right. stuff. They want the the gatefolds and and the oh everything the the pretty colors. Well, I don't really care about the pretty color like limited vinyls and all that shit. The 180 grams, I don't give a shit about that. Um, but there's only certain bands that I will collect in that way, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I last thing I'll say on this, I just think that y- they got to use their imagination more and make CD releases bigger, bigger physical products, bigger dimensionally, and just more just more creativity, more creativity to go into and make a CD, a, a CD purchase worth buying, price it higher, print you know fewer of them. I guarantee you metal fans will buy stuff like that. Because there is there is an appetite for that. They're trying to create uh, a market for it by making limited, making it more limited. Yeah, I mean, price it higher. I'll, I'll, if you give me like a really awesome non-standard shaped, uh, non-standard CD shaped physical CD release of a metal album with a lot of artwork and big nice book in there and stuff like that like make it a really interesting artistic package what about these big earbooks like not a digital book but the earbooks that come with like like what what uh Aryan does and all the Arian stuff that i have and like the new star one that i got is are, like that are they like cd sized like, like no they're it's like a big book you know yeah that's what i'm talking about like yeah. do more of that stuff or do like boxes or th- for, for example, and the whole point of my article was like, look at what K-pop does for their CD releases, and they're, they're selling like millions of physical CD releases over there. And how come metal can't do that for a genre that purports to care so much about like how its fans still buy physical product? Well, not a lot of us anymore. I I, I know more metal fans in my personal friend circle who don't buy physical product yeah. than I do than than actually do. It's all right. It's a problem. Uh, it is for sure. Let's get into the track. Uh, this is uh, Yanni. How did you say his last name? Limitian. Limitian, and I guess I don't know. Uh, all dreams are born to die, featuring Tony Kako. This is historic. Historic for you. Yes, for all power metal fans. For for, for everyone in the world. Yeah. Uh, this is from the album called My Father's Son, which is coming out. You said in June. Uh, this one's May six. May. All right. Well, here it is.
back to the show. Um, the last thing we just listened to was uh, a band called Ignea. Uh, the song was called Magura's Last Kiss. Uh, this is from a split from 2021 that did with another band called Ursedu. Um, but yeah, the name of the, the, the split is called Bestia. And uh, the reason I wanted to start with this band, uh, I wanted to sort of play some bands from the Ukraine. I've been discovering new bands um, ever since this whole shit started going down. Wanted to support some of these Ukrainian bands. Um, and I found this playlist on Spotify. Uh, it was just Ukraine metal. Uh, and this is one of the bands that I discovered. And I really enjoyed this. It's, you know, um, pro- progressive, um, you know, symphonic but there's some Middle Eastern folk influences on some of the tracks. Yeah. Um, I, I like these guys. Uh, I think the the vocalist, uh, I don't know her name. Um, she had a great voice. Uh, let's see. Vocals, uh, Hele Bogdanova. Phenomenal vocalist. Yeah. I think she did really great. Even her, her heart stuff was really good. Right, yeah. Um, reminds me of another band that's, that's been getting a lot of uh, heat to them is Ginger. J-I-N-J-E-R. Uh I ignored them because I thought they were something that I wasn't going to enjoy. I did judge the book by the cover. Um, right. I, I always skipped like in a music video came on or whatever, but they're on this playlist and I actually dig those guys. They're really good. They're very uh, progressive in their, in their nature. Uh, and she has, she's a phenomenal growler, phenomenal yeah. vocalist. I, I really dig that band a lot. Um, but going back to Ignea, Ignea, um, they're from Kiev, uh, Ukraine. Um, and we're not going to get political here. We're not doing that. I just wanted to shine some light to our audience, our fans of some great Ukrainian bands. Um, we've, we've chosen some other ones here. We could have chosen a lot of different ones, but the next two we're going to play are a little bit more popularized a little bit more well-known uh but before we got to ignia we had uh yanni limitain 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 <laughs> yeah. whatever dude i'm trying um phenomenal you know finnish musician and uh i can't wait for that album to come out yeah no i think it's gonna be great i think it's gonna be like the uh <laughs> The Silver Lake album that came out last year. I mean, think about think about that guy's career. He was on the classic era Sonata albums. Yep. And then you put, you know, Deliver's a great project like Kane's Offering, Dark Elements, really good. It's always like really hooky, really ad- like addictive, and like and and everything has its like very distinct personality. Very frontiers. Well, that that yeah, definitely is very frontiers. That you know, but I think his whole approaches like he loves melodic metal yeah he's a great fit for insomnium yes like to, to he just fits right in there um and I, I i think he's honestly one of my favorite power metal like musicians ever hmm. and he and it just it didn't really dawn on me until i started listening to like dark element where i was like i think he's like one of the greats in the genre kind of unheralded yeah. a little bit yeah living legend yeah that's great i have to check out more of his stuff uh uh, I have to go back, you know, listen to Kane's offering now, knowing who he is and the dark element. I didn't really 
dig it that much first time I heard it, but right. I'll, I'll go back and give it another shot for sure. It, it's, I mean, to me, it's like a, the flip side of the coin to like Kane's offering. It's like yep. very symphonic as opposed to Kane's offering. But you like a lot, you like a lot more of those those style than I do. I, yeah. can, I like some of it, but uh, there's a, it has to be it sort of has to catch me. You know right. what I mean? There's a lot of bands in that genre that symphonic. I don't even want to say female-fronted symphonic metal band, but... what well, I would say, like, Dark Element, if you miss old-school Nightwish, like the Taria-era Nightwish, mm. um, that sound is a good thing. It, it, it would be a good hook for you, even though sure. it has Annette singing on it. But, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so, well, I guess we just want to jump into our next couple tracks that we're going to do. Yes. We can just introduce them right now, because... Um, continuing with our our Ukrainian metal love, if you're on Spotify or Apple Music, just search what I did. Search for Ukraine metal. Check out some of the cool bands I've never even heard of before. Um, there's a lot of there's a really good metal scene over there, and um, I've I, I you know what I did purchase um, on my Bandcamp. I'm going to pull this up. Um, maybe we'll play it at the end of this show because um, I, I think it's wor- worthwhile. I know we've definitely heard of these next two bands, though. Do you want to start talking about them while I look this up? So, uh, Drutka. Drutka? Uh, yeah, Drud. <laughs> the Nocturnal one is uh, one of the things we're going to be playing. Uh, also, 1914. And, you know, it... It dawned on me because I had written about 1914. I love 1914. Uh, before, you know, their last album was like pretty damn good. Actually, their last two records are pretty damn good. Yes. Um, and I was I was like checking out their Facebook feed earlier and they're posting images of stuff that they're seeing outside their Oh, their are they? I haven't seen that. Yeah, just like like here's, you know, like, I, I don't know where they're located in Ukraine, but they're posting a lot of very visceral oh, man, images and stuff. And a lot of their music, it's it's like Sabaton. It's a lot about war and yeah. and, and weaponry and all that kind of stuff too. Just so. way more brutal. Which is yeah, and now especially what they're living through, it it it's hard to listen to. But but what I wanted to play, um, Jordan Rudess, you know the keyboardist extraordinaire, mm-hmm. put out a digital album with like two bucks, all proceeds going to uh, Ukraine, um, and he yeah. actually. One of the songs on there is a Ukrainian uh, uh, song. The what do you call it? I, I don't know what it's called. Like, but um, there's also if you're if you're a video game nerd like me, there's a website called itch.io, and they've put out this um, package of games. All the games are donated by um, the developers. There's some really good stuff in there. Uh, and all proceeds are going to to help the the Ukraine. It's like ten bucks. You can pay whatever yeah. you want, but it's all DRM free, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't it doesn't transfer to your your Steam account, but this website has their own launcher, so it makes it a little bit easier too. I know that um, you know not to plug them too much, but Metal Sucks is a that's fine. Uh, yeah, has an article for. Let's um, talk about that article. Do you have it pulled up? They're they're donating. Um, it's a, it's a compilation of. Every metal-related artist or every metal-related label who's doing thing, who's you know selling something or raising money to, for for um, Ukrainian you know like refugee relief and stuff like that. Here, and, I, uh, I just pulled it up right now. Yeah. Um. So a lot of bands too. Uh, Insomnium uh, and in in Omnium Gatherum just put out shirts. 
uh, where the logo is in the in the Ukrainian colors. The uh, I know Ginger has put out special stuff. So here's, yeah, Ginger is selling exclusive shirts. One hundred percent of the proceeds going to charities. Uh, Behemoths are selling rare and limited merch items. All proceeds going to help the Ukrainian people. Uh, this is weird. Russian punk rock activist band Pussy Riot have partnered with Ukraine DAO to sell NFTs with proceeds going to war relief. Um, if you ever wanted to buy NFT, there you go. Yeah, at least for a good re- good cause. Uh, the Acacia Strain, which I don't know too much about them, are selling a limited edition shirt and hat to aid. Uh, Karak Angren have released a shirt. Um, God, this is more than I saw the other day. Yeah, they, up, all they pro- keep updating All it. proceeds are being donated directly to UNICEF. Uh, Prosthetic have released a label sampler and theory of rare test pressing. That's cool. Decapitated will play a benefit concert in, in Poland, in Krakow. Uh, and Seferum are donating all proceeds. What the fuck? Finnish folk metalers in Seferum will uh, be donating all proceeds from their new album, Selastic, which was a great album. Yeah. Came out last year. And the t-shirt to UNICEF. I might have to buy that. I know Epica's doing all proceeds from their merch store for a certain amount of time. Until March 13th. I yeah. can see it right here. Yeah. Uh, Insomnia is selling a shirt with all proceeds going to UNICEF. Gamma Bomb have done a t-shirt. Deal on Ardor uh, will perform at a fe- charity festival. Um, Tribulation guitarist, former Tribulation guitarist, Jonathan Holton is selling his new single. Um there's a bunch of stuff on 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 Bandcamp with proceeds going. The the uh, uh, Wombass EP that Jordan Rudeth I just talked about, and a bunch of different like um, Underground Resistance and Aid of Ukraine compilation. I might have to buy that. There's a bunch of cool stuff. So check out. You know, we try not to promote them too much, but this is something cool that is going on. Metalsucks.net. Check out uh, the articles updating. It's a running list of ways that metalheads can donate to Ukraine. Yeah. So, and I just want to talk about, I, I, I mentioned this briefly on, on Metal Geeks. We were talking about some of the stuff going on. And there is a lot of, the people of, I'm trying to figure out a good way to say this. Don't stop supporting like Russian bands and artists. I was about to say that and stuff like that because of what's going on. It's not them. It's not the people. Right. It's the dictatorship. It's the the military doing what's going is which is what's going on. Don't. There's a band uh, that I really like. Silo Cabre Larvae put an album out recently. It's if you like um, if you like '90s era like Paradise Lost shit great and they're from russia a lot of great russian bands yeah really great so don't well I, you know i was gonna point i mean because um there's a russian symphonic metal band called imperial age yeah kind of sound like therion and um they made the really difficult decision in the past week to basically just pack a suitcase and leave russia mm. possibly for good um so four of the members of the band have left and they're taking refuge in Turkey right now. Okay. And they, what they, and they, the basically the way I understand it is that they're afraid that they probably won't be able to go back because they've spoken out against the war by going on social media and officially saying that it is a war, which is not what you're supposed to be doing if you live in Russia because they they're frowning upon that. Oh yeah, for sure. So Imperial H took a stand and said we are against the war in Ukraine, 
and they had to basically say goodbye to their family and friends in the middle of the night and then leave. So there's there's uh, Anna and Jane and I forgot the two of the dudes' names. They're in Turkey right now. They have they left all their equipment behind. They're trying to restart the band, and, and the reason why they're leaving is because they they with all the sanctions coming down, they're not going to have the ability to operate as a band as a and make money with you know all these sanctions going in place because everything is being turned off like. PayPal, all that stuff, like anything you could, a band would be relying on to yep. make money. Exactly. So you have to keep that in mind with a lot of these Russian bands that they're kind of going to get screwed by the fallout of all these sanctions. And, you know, you know, it is what it is. But um, I want to shout out Imperial Age because I think what they're doing is like takes a lot of guts. Like, it does. I mean, they're Russians and, you know, they, and the fact is they, they've gone public with their feelings on this anti, you know, anti-war feelings uh, i was going to say anti-putin but uh and they um and they probably are going to be in trouble if they get back if they try to go back in the country so that like think about how heavy that is you know so yeah that's that sucks but i'm going to definitely try to support them you know whenever they do something next whenever that is if they're going to need all the help they can get they have nothing right now so yeah uh yeah, man, I agree. I'm going to go to that Metal Sucks um, article, guys. Uh, we can link it into the show notes at um, msrcast.com, metalgeeks.net, because there's some really cool stuff going on. I'm going to buy, I think, all of these um, compilations, because like the, the first one I looked at, um, Underground Resistance, all black metal stuff, uh, it's like $1.36 an American dollar, so yeah, it's, it's nothing. So, But if you support if you you buy these, you are you're helping out. You can, right. You're doing what you're getting, and you're getting killer music too. So, I think it's a win-win. So um, let's do it. Uh, so we already mentioned uh, Drudke. How you say it? Drudg. Dr- Drudke. Uh, but the 1914 song that we're going to play uh, features Nick Holmes on vocals on this track too. Yeah. From uh, the very popular Paradise Lost. So that's pretty cool. This was from the last record, right? It is from the yeah, last remember, record, yeah. yeah. It's from the, la- the one that came out last year. Where fear yeah. and weapons meet, yeah. Exactly. So uh, do what you can, um, and uh, check out some more Ukrainian metal, for sure. We'll be right back.
Yes. 1914. I, I love that band. It, they're really great. Yeah. Yeah, my... um, The album before uh, Where Fear and Weapons Meet is... That was my favorite. I can't remember the name of that. Why am I blanking on names tonight? Um, But... Uh, yeah, I mean, that is... And, and it's funny because I didn't even really like think of where they had come from. Right. Um, but now listening to their music in con in you know context of what's going on right now it's like it's very eerie and also just the fact like that some you know these guys can't leave the country they're kind of just stuck there and it's just like god i hope everyone's going to be okay you know i hope everyone's going to be safe um with all these people you know i i i i really hope so man yeah Wars, it's war is it's all good. It's all good enough to sing about and write concept albums about. But then you know it actually is happening, and it's like, oh, yep, I agree, man. Yeah. So uh, let's get some happier notes. Let's get into some dark and depressing notes. Um, so I, I just want to thank thank you guys for hanging out with us again tonight. Uh, I hope you discovered some new metal in your in your in your brains. You. Uh, Listen to some Bruce Dickinson. You, uh, you know, checked out some really cool Ukrainian metal bands. Um, I got a question for you, man. Um, is there any shows coming up you're looking forward to to go to? <laughs> well, so um, I wanted to go see Watain and yeah. um, and Mayhem. Right. Uh, stupid Watain got themselves uh, yanked, uh, or, or or why do you blame it on them? Prevented from because. So, from what I understand, it's a it's a specific member of the band who's had visa problems before, and they just kind of insisted on him being in the lineup, and he's basically what I think is causing them to... Oh, really? I haven't verified that, but that's what my suspicion is, based on everything I've been able to find out. It sucks, because I want to see them. I, I You know, I've seen Mayhem plenty of times now, yeah. so I, I'm basically skipping that show. Um, and my next show will be in April 16th, Dragon Force... Um, Firewind, Firewind, Visions of Atlantis, and Seven Spires. Who Seven Spires? It will be almost be two years exactly from when I was supposed to see them originally in 2020 when they were on the Insomnium tour, right? And then stupid pandemic. Um, I never seen them live, but I've seen her live. Yeah, see, Adrian I mean, Cowan. Right? This would be my first time. Just yeah, I saw her was uh, Avantasia. So I'm really looking forward to that show. And then a couple of days later, it's Hell's Heroes time. No, but before that. On the twentieth, oh. our, our our good friend Christian is going. He's actually coming into town oh, for that's Hell's right. Heroes, and that night is Thrashtastic Man, Testament, Exodus, Death Angel. Jesus, I'm going to that show. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking <laughs> hellish week because there's so many metal, so much metal going on that yeah. week. And then Hell's Hero starts that weekend, right? And then the next week, I go on vacation, so I'm happy. <laughs> off time off. That's Sunday. I can sleep. That Sunday after Hell's Heroes will be. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to move that Sunday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're you're, you're gonna have to work that day. Um, I'm no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm I know I'm off, but it's like I'm just gonna be incapacitated. I am, I assume. Yep, a lot of great shows that week. Because um, I think it's just like it's two. I mean, it's only two days, but it's two days of like standing up and. I don't know how much I'm gonna be able to go to on Friday. Being because in a cramped environment for like eight hours for work, time. my work. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't know what time. What time does Friday start? I'm sure they all st- It's probably around 4 o'clock. Or okay, that's when I get off. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, you there. know. 
I mean, yeah, it would suck to miss a band you really wanted to see, but I, I mean, I'm assuming the band you really want to see is Candlemass. Yes, and, for so sure. That's the band we all want to see. Yeah. So that's where I'm. That's where I'm really there for. Yeah. I mean, there there are a lot of the you know, high spirit. All these, you know, like some of the a lot of great bands. bands in the bill. I want to make sure I catch. So I'm gonna have to be there for the long haul on most of these days. So. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. At least they have, a, they have a patio we can just go relax at for a little bit. They, and they have like, and I'm not sure if they're going to have this for the festival, but when I was there last time, they had some like chairs up top. But the thing is, there's so many people up top. Yeah. Everyone's just kind of on the floor grabbing whatever space they can to rest. Yeah. Upstairs, people are laying down trying to catch some naps or whatever. It's, it's It was an insane scene when I was there. Nice. I'm so, looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks again for hanging out with us tonight. You can, of course... Find us on all your uh, podcast apps. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music. Any podcast catching app that you use, uh, just search for MSRcast or the Metal Geeks Podcast. You'll get uh, you'll get us together. We're on the same feed there uh, at MSRcast on all the socials. Our sister show at the Metal Geek at Metal Geeks on all the socials. Uh, check out the Metal Geek Society uh, group on Facebook if you're there. We talk about music. We talk about video games and movies. There's a lot of a lot of memes and funny stuff going on there too. It's a good time. Um, I think that's it. Um, MSRcast.com, MetalGeeks.net. You can find us on the interweb. Uh, what about you, sir? Where can people? What are you working on next? Um, oh, I don't know what I'm doing next. Probably probably talking about the Sabaton album. Okay. Um, but uh, Sabaton and Hammerfall. But um, yeah, MetalPigeon.com. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the Metal Pigeon. Um, yeah, go go and read that. Everyone, go and read that K, that uh, what metal can learn from K-pop article. I want more feedback on that one in particular because I think it affects most of us. So, do me a favor. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Please just, do it. Just do it. Um, so that 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 leads us to our last band of the evening. Uh, this is a band that I didn't really know much about, but uh, uh, our good friend Josh Runquist, the drummer guy. Now, heavy debriefings, um, it, you know, he's like, dude, you're going to like this. I'm like, okay. He's like, you know who the vocalist is? I'm like, nope. It's Miko from So All of a Sudden. I'm like, oh, you had me at Miko. And uh, I and I, I kind of guessed right. I was like, you know, yeah, it, it I played, sounds like Miko. When we were playing, I played the song for Sean earlier. I'm like, okay, you have to tell me who this vocalist sounds like. And he's like, he, he finally listened to it for a while. And he's like, it sounds like Miko from, I'm like, this is pretty. Yeah, he might sound like him, <laughs> because it is him. Uh, this is uh, the band. Is I'm gonna try to say this. Okay, I am not f- from Finland. I have. N- I, I, I I'm probably gonna butcher this. I'm gonna butcher it. Finnish but language forgive is too me. hard. For, please forgive me. Kuoleman Lakso. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. Uh, the album is called uh, Kusumu. This is the first album in like eight years. I really wasn't uh, too aware of their previous stuff, but you know, I really like I, I really like Miko's vocals, and uh, they're on Zvart Records. Uh, this is very cool, progressive, death, doom, gothic tinges. Like, there's a the first track on the album starts with like this really beautiful piano that sort of just melds into the track, and it's sort of 
a slow funeral doom song. It's I really like this band a lot. It sounded great. It, it makes me think there's a bunch of stuff that's really good in Finland that we all skip over because yep. the name isn't Finnish, and we're like, oh, that's not for me. Right. <laughs> Don't judge a book by its Finnish name. It's a good thing Josh <laughs> is on the case. Exactly right. And if you want to learn more about him, he actually interviewed the guitar player from the band on a recent episode. So check out his YouTube channel. Uh, heavydebriefings.com I think is where you can go to uh, or that drummerguy.com I think it still points there check out the YouTube video he did interview with the guitar player it's really cool yep uh, so any final thoughts anything you wanted to bring to the table well that's I think we're caught up I mean All I'm right. yeah we will uh, see you next time on MSRcast we are working on some really cool stuff behind the scenes and we promise to do more episodes. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, you're at least gonna you're at least gonna get one in April because we we're gonna have a lot to talk about and we we have to talk about it before you go on vacation. That's so. true. Yeah, we're gonna have to work that in before yes. I leave. Yeah. So, all right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And uh, as always, one last thing we have to say: keep it metal.
Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal. Keep it metal.